For all you elk hunters out there, chasing turkeys is basically the same thing. I know the reaction you just gave me, but don't knock it till you try it and don't try it without OnX. The Hunt app will not only help you find new areas on public ground, but I use it to find out landowner info to get permission on private ground that I see birds on as well. OnX Hunt has a special offer for you. Use code CAL to receive 20% off your membership at onxmaps.com slash hunt and find more birds this spring. There's nothing like snook hook sets at dawn or catching a tarpon in the moonlight. Find your next fishing trip made easy on fishingbooker.com and experience the magic of the Sunshine State or any other destination on your fishing bucket list. Book a blue water adventure in search of sailfish or go snapper fishing with the kids. With over 6,000 captains and trips to choose from, planning your next one just got a whole lot easier. Download the Fishing Booker app on the Google Play or App Store or visit them online at fishingbooker.com to book your trip today. Hey, I just sat down with the owners and operators of Maui Nui Venison. They're on a mission to balance access to your populations on Maui while giving back to the community and run a totally sustainable operation. For folks like me who want to get your own meat but aren't always successful, you can become a snack subscriber, get some Axis Deer sticks sent right to your door. Visit MauiNuiVenison.com. That's M-A-U-I-N-U-I Venison.com and use promo code CAL for 20% off your first order. From Meat Eaters World News Headquarters in Bozeman, Montana, this is Cal's Week in Review with Ryan Cal Callahan. Now, here's Cal. A Boise, Idaho police report states that a pedestrian was hit with two bullfrogs while walking recently in the Boise Bench area of town. According to the Boise Bench Facebook group, the walker initially thought he'd been shot with the invasive species. His attackers could have been using a potato gun type weapon and the bullfrogs as projectiles. One commenter from the Facebook group said, quote, This is the most Boise bench uh, stuff I've ever seen, making you wonder what else happens on this bench. For those of you who don't know what a potato gun is, the way we used to build them, anyway, consists of PVC pipe, usually scrounged from dumps or alleyways, one section, uh, we'll call it the blast chamber, needs to be of a larger diameter and shorter length to the other section, which is the barrel. A potato stuffed down the barrel. It helps if you take a grinder or a file and get the muzzle a little sharp. Novices at this game think you want potatoes that fit in the tube. But let me tell you, friends and neighbors, you want an oversized spud that you have to shave down. This helps completely seal the barrel and you get a much higher muzzle velocity. The blast chamber, which would be the opposite end of the gun, is filled with a high alcohol content hairspray. We always found Aquanet to be the number one propellant. And then you uh, try not to give away exactly how to build these things. I'm sure the legality isn't real high. You then uh, find a way to light this gas and it operates exactly like a cannon or a gun. 
your hope this whole time is that the explosion in the blast chamber finds its way out the barrel by pushing the potato all the way out the barrel. The potato acts like a bullet, or I guess bullfrog, if you're in the Boise Bench area. There's some uh, tricks to this uh, potato gun game that through scientific refinement can get you some added distance, and probably a jail cell, which is why, again, I tried to leave a lot out. Just so you know, parents listening to the show, the crew I was building these things with, one became a major in the Marine Corps, one is an assistant county attorney, one is unemployed, but his wife does a heck of a job, uh, and I have a podcast. You can guess who the smartest one is. To be clear, we put more effort into this physics experiment than anything else we did in Byron Anderson's class at Hellgate High School. We even worked in our Spanish class skills by painting the words papas, son, and fuegas on the side of the potato gun. We always thought that that meant potatoes of fire, which I just fact-checked by punching into Google Translate. According to the Google, papas, son, and fuegas actually means potatoes are unlucky which is actually much better and much more indicative of the effort I put into high school Spanish. Anyway, you get a petition going to put potato guns into the uh, Pittman-Robertson excise tax language, and uh, I'll sign it. Now, back to the Boise bench. The hoodlums, as it turns out, only threw bullfrogs at the passersby. They did not, in fact, utilize a cannon. They did not know their victim, and it is still unclear if the bullfrogs were alive or dead at the time of the attack. The attackers could face potential charges of animal abuse as well as battery. As you all know, bullfrog legs are fantastic table fare, but they are a non-native species in Idaho, which is likely why wanton waste was not on the list of charges. Here's a good bullfrog fact for you. According to the Guinness Book of World Records, the longest bullfrog jump made by none other than that famous athlete, Rosie the Ribbiter, was 7.1 feet in length. As bullfrog enthusiasts likely know, the world record was set at the Calaveras County Fair at their annual Jumping Frog Jubilee, a contest that started way back in 1893. Mark Twain even wrote about the potential start of jumping frog history in Calaveras, in a short story called The Notorious Jumping Frog of Calaveras County. Here's an interesting fact. Lab testing of bullfrog leap distance has only been able to achieve a measly 4.2 feet from a frog, while it is well documented at the Jumping Frog Jubilee, even a non-pro, as in not an authentic frog jockey, will beat 5 feet and well beyond. Of 3,124 jumps recorded, 1,804 exceeded the 4.2-foot mark at Calaveras. That's according to Live Science. Guess you can't recreate the thrill of the crowd in the lab. Or it could be the fact that the Calaveras frogs are captured in the wild just prior to the fair and released after. Still have that sweet smell of freedom, perhaps. Did you know that the bullfrog is highly territorial? The male, with the loudest bellow, who sits in the most prominent spot in the Moonlight Chorus, is likely the most aggressive male in the pond, while a partially submerged frog bellowing is not. Bullfrogs eat everything, as long as it fits in their mouths. Birds, snakes, mice, bats, insects, crayfish, fish, 
And of course, lots and lots of bullfrogs have been discovered in bullfrog stomachs. The combination of aggressive behavior and a voracious appetite are what make these frogs, when transplanted to a new pond, so dangerous to native frog populations, amongst everything else. According to the USDA, still water areas with high bullfrog populations can outcompete birds and small mammals for food. So be careful where you let those bullfrogs go. Better yet, don't let them go, just eat them. This week, I'm going to tell you about the blues, policy, tadpoles and toads, and so much more. But first, I'm going to tell you about my week. As you know by now, this podcast in my week is sponsored by Steel Power Equipment. So if you are in the need for not only the best chainsaws on the market, but the best all-around-the-lawn-and-shrub-world garden equipment from leaf blowers to shop vacuums, power sprayers, and hand shears, loppers, and of course my favorite, quiet, clean, battery-operated saws, support steel. And in so doing, you're supporting Cal's Week in Review your number one place for news from the outdoors. And speaking of the outdoors, Stephen Rinella, Anthony Licata, our editor-in-chief, and myself took some kids fishing this weekend and piled up the panfish. Steve's oldest counted 44 into the barrel scaler. I had initially thought of whole fried fish due to the fact that the pumpkin seeds or bluegills or whatever they were, they were small, I ended up taking all the fillets off, then dusting both the fillets and the filleted carcasses in flour and breadcrumbs and cornstarch, and then threw all that into the fryer. Those bones crunched just like potato chips, and they were so tasty. So try that out the next time. So that's what's been happening on the home front. Now I'm going to hit what's happening on the home front, but on national scale next. I called uh, my baby sister to wish her a happy birthday and ask her what she's been up to. She responded with, oh, just putting my riot gear in the car in case I get called to do crowd control. This is the sister who is a detective in Denver. Although I don't like hearing that she's loading riot gear into her car, I am very proud of her and her dedication to a job that is so often, in the best of times, thankless. So thank you, baby sister, and thank you to all of our law enforcement officers that have been going to work every day, doing a good, legal, ethical, unbiased, and often dangerous job. You do exist. I believe in you. Keep it up. And again, thank you. Stay safe. As of the time of this recording, we have had gatherings in cities across the country that range from peaceful protests to dangerous mobs. I'll be the first to admit I am far removed in the proverbial bubble, as people like to say. But even through my bubble, it is clear to me that a lot of people are hurting in this country right now, which I don't like. I don't have some grand fix for it either. I don't feel I currently have the ability to understand the situation or the motivations properly. But what I see is frustration and suffering. What I know is we're individuals, just as our police forces, mobs, peaceful protests are all made up of individuals. We all need work. We have room to improve and the ability to do so. There should be no more room for racism, rudeness, or hatred of any type. If you are an individual that deals with this on any level, I am truly sorry. I want to address the detractors here for a moment. If you are the type of person that is running around not caring about anyone other than yourself, 
using this situation of strife to commit heinous, selfish acts of violence or destruction, or using your position to carry out your personal agenda with no care for the muddying of the message, or the uniform, or the pain it causes, you have a lot more work to do than the rest of us. If you're disappointed in me, or this show, for addressing a topic such as BLM, Black Lives Matter, instead of my usual BLM, the Bureau of Land Management, that's just fine. There's a lot of emotions firing right now, and disappointment is definitely one of them. I absolutely do not see how law and order would be discredited or shaken or defaced by the acknowledgement of a group, a gesture of support that says, I, all the way out here in Montana, hear what you're saying. I don't understand what's going on, not on your level. I am not intimately familiar, but I am not dismissing this. I'm paying attention. Moving on to the blues. Blue cats, specifically. David Anderson of Tennessee just landed a 103-pound blue catfish using a rod stuck between some rocks and a nightcrawler suspended off the bottom. The state record for Tennessee is 112 pounds. That record has been standing since 1998, which is impressive, but I think everyone should pause for a second and enjoy the simplicity here. We like to think of truly big fish as wise and canny creatures. These old wise fish change their habits and routines until only the truly savvy angler or someone struck with incredible luck can catch them. Those are hooks. Mr. Crab says they're really dangerous. Hmm. I sense no danger here. I'm not putting down Anderson's fishing ability. He was likely fishing where he was for a reason. I just love the simplicity of getting a truly big fish on a 101 level rig. Line, weight, hook, nightcrawler, rod shoved into the rocks. To top it off, David was fishing alone, and after the hour-long fight, his net broke while wrangling this monster cat into the shallow water. He eventually tied the cat off by its suitcase handle of a jaw and waited for the Tennessee Wildlife Resource Agency to respond to verify his catch. After seeing the weight of the fish fall just shy of the state record, Anderson responded to Tennessee Wildlife Resource Agency with this. Fishing is more than catching for me. It's my church. It's my go-to place. It's my getaway where I gather my thoughts. The big blue cat was released after it was officially weighed. The TWRA estimates the cat to be 25 years old, which is definitely old for a blue cat. Catfish never stop growing, and their size is only limited by feed and death. The world record blue is 143 pounds. For all you elk hunters out there, chasing turkeys is basically the same thing. I know the reaction you just gave me, but don't knock it till you try it and don't try it without OnX. The Hunt app will not only help you find new areas on public ground, but I use it to find out landowner info to get permission on private ground that I see birds on as well. Onyx Hunt has a special offer for you. Use code CAL to receive 20% off your membership at onxmaps.com hunt and find more birds this spring. We've all seen plenty of gadgets and fads come and go, but here's one product that stood the test of time. Seafoam Motor Treatment. Lots of hunters and anglers know that seafoam helps engines run better and last longer. It's really simple. When you pour it in your gas tank, 
Seafoam cleans harmful fuel deposits that cause engine problems. I'm talking common stuff like hard starts, rough engine performance, or lost fuel economy. Seafoam is an easy way to prevent or overcome these problems. Just pour a can in your gas tank and let it clean your fuel system. You probably know someone who has used a can of seafoam to get their truck or boat going again. I guarantee you've listened to them because I use it you know, regularly. People everywhere rely on seafoam to keep their trucks, boats, and small engines running the way they should the entire season. Help your engine run better and last longer. Pick up a can of seafoam today at your local auto parts store or visit seafoamworks.com to learn more. Now, a lot of you guys are familiar with the old hunting tradition of eating, you know, some organ, the heart or a chunk of liver off the first animal you kill. I had that when I was a little kid, and it was a big deal. Organ meats were always prized by frontier people who knew the importance of getting a lot of different minerals and nutrients. And, as often is the case, those guys were on to something. Because organs are among the most nutrient-rich foods on the planet. And you can get the same benefits your ancestors craved via convenient daily capsules from heart and soil made exclusively from regeneratively raised grass-fed and finished cattle heart and soils unique freeze-drying process means all those important nutrients are trapped in ensuring you experience every one of the benefits of nature's superfood in a clean convenient taste-free capsule find out more at heartandsoil.co and make sure to use code MEATEATER for 10% off your purchase. That's heartandsoil.co. Use the code MEATEATER. Jumping over to Ohio. Ohio has a newly confirmed species, the blue crayfish. Other populations of blue crayfish exist, and there were rumored to be some in Ohio. Which, of course, there were. It just took 45 years of tracking them down to confirm. Laura Hughes ultimately led the successful citizen science expedition that found the blue crayfish. The blue crayfish, as it turns out, prefer springs and hillside seeps, which makes them hard to find, and also somewhat vulnerable. We don't think often of water being a barrier to water-living animals such as crayfish, but the Ohio River is actually a line on which blue crayfish are known to live on one side and not the other. Until now, of course. So much extra space to do activities! According to the Ohio Department of Natural Resources, this small population may have moved into the area prior to the formation of the Ohio River itself, only about two million years ago. Which, if you think about it, is cray. Maybe even cray-cray. And, speaking of cray-cray and jumping back to bullfrogs, Meat Eater's own Spencer Newharth covered the story of Goliath, the tadpole, at TheMeatEater.com this week. Goliath is, of course, a giant tadpole that apparently never felt the urge to grow legs, ditch that tail, and get on with his life. Kind of like those folks who choose to never move out of the parents' place. Goliath uh, never metamorphosed. I'm saying that in good fun, of course. I don't care if you live with your folks. The bug pets were a terrible idea. Why did you let us do that? But back to the bullfrog tadpole. At the time of capture, in 2018, Goliath was larger than a soda can. At his death in 2019, we know he was much larger, but the soon-to-be peer-reviewed data has not been made available yet. 
If you go to TheMeatEater.com, you can see the size of Goliath the Bullfrog Tadpole in comparison to a banana and a Coke can. Spoiler alert, he's bigger. Moving on to the quick hitter calls to action desk. I'm going to hit this right out of the gate. Great American Outdoors Act. Call your congressional representatives right now. Leave messages. Send emails. If you're hearing this on Monday the 8th of June, and for some reason, GAWA is still in need of passing, double down. Keep calling. Again, the Great American Outdoors Act provides almost $10 billion for maintenance and full permanent funding of land and water conservation fund. That's more and improved access as well as healthy outdoor jobs. Next up, if you think electric motorized bicycles are super fun in the cat's pajamas... The bee's knees. Bee's knees? Yeah, the bee's knees. But like me, you do not want them classified as non-motorized. You know, because they have a motor. And definitely do not want them on non-motorized trails. The comment period for the Bureau of Land Management is closing. I found a really easy form you can use at the Wilderness Society. Fun fact for you... An electric bicycle, commonly called a motorcycle, just hit Germany's famed Autobahn and topped out at about 60 miles per hour. Next up, volunteer opportunity in Florida. Florida Wildlife is asking for help with turkey counts. If you spot a turkey in Florida, FWC wants to know about it. Specifically, according to myfwc.com, hens with and without poults, as well as male birds, both jakes and gobblers. So, all turkeys. You could just say all turkeys would be another way to say that. Go to myfwc for more info and get involved in citizen science. Jumping over to the policy desk, and this is a big one. A just-released executive order worded as part of emergency action in conjunction with the nation's response to the COVID-19 national emergency is instructing federal agencies, including the Department of Interior, Agriculture, and Defense Departments, as well as the Army Corps of Engineers, to move forward as if in an emergency with infrastructure investments and other activities. The executive order allows for the sidestepping of existing federal regulations, such as Environmental Impact Assessments, or NEPA, Endangered Species Considerations, Clean Water Act, anything seen as something that could delay expedited government decision-making. This also includes public comment. Take a second and think of what the Army Corps of Engineers is dealing with right now. Pebble Mine. What is holding up the Pebble Mine? public input, and the likelihood of environmental disaster, which has been outlined in environmental impact statements. I know this may seem incongruous with my support of all the jobs tied to maintenance backlogs and infrastructure in the Great American Outdoors Act, but the difference here is we have spent an incredible amount of time, money, and effort in order to get the amount of government agency transparency we currently have. This executive order eliminates the public from the process. There is no doubt a better, smoother system is needed. This executive order is not that. This is throwing regulation out the window, and at some point, we're going to have to go back, take a bunch more time and money, and fix all this mess. Believe it or not, the sidestepping of these environmental laws is permissible in order to put human life above the natural order specifically in emergency situations. 
For example, if a wildfire in a wilderness area threatens a community, an emergency declaration can allow mechanized means to fight that fire, like bulldozers in the bob, let's say. Emergencies, floods, hurricanes, drought, catastrophic wildfire. So what type of precedence does this executive order set? President Trump, the executive branch, is essentially saying that a downturned economy is an emergency on the same level as hurricanes, floods, droughts, catastrophic wildfire. My question is, are we in an emergency? Will we come out of this emergency if the Clean Water Act, the EPA, and the Endangered Species Act are ignored Or are we just pushing this ball of wax and whatever it collects to the next administration? Moving on to the crime desk. An outfitter based in Stillwater, Minnesota, but operating in South Dakota, was just fined for wanton waste by South Dakota Fish and Game. A pit behind the outfitter's camp contained 98 uncleaned birds, 50 ducks, 23 pheasants, 24 geese, and one swan. The swan had the outfitter's tag on it. The fine was $568.50. That includes court fees. In addition, 30 days in jail, which were suspended. The outfitter in question is Sean Hammock, who apparently has an alias of Fat Sean, which I just don't get. You're throwing a lot of food away. But the real question is, what's going on, South Dakota? If you do the math on this one, let's say you have uh, a six-duck daily limit, a three-pheasant daily limit. Just for instance, in order to stack up the 23 pheasants listed in your pit, you're likely knocking on the door of a couple hundred bucks right there. Fuel, shotgun shells, food, travel, license, etc. That's just eight trips and no missing, which is better than I do for 23 pheasants. On the side of the ducks, you're looking at, let's say, nine full-limit days and two boxes of shells at an absolute minimum, plus, again, the gas and groceries. $568.50 seems a little light for a guy who obviously has so little worry about filling the freezer, he can just throw his food away. And, given the choice, it seems he'd rather fill a hole instead of the freezer. Jumping over to the messing with animals desk, and this is where we'll finish, adult film star Nacho Vidal was being held in Spain after a toad venom ritual went wrong. I'm sure you're thinking, ah boy, if I've heard one of these stories, I've heard them all. The Sonoran Colorado River toad secretes a powerful toxin that apparently will induce strong hallucinations if inhaled. The BBC reports that toad rituals are on the rise. Nacho was accused of being a shaman in the ritual that led to the death of his photographer. A study from 2019 cited by the BBC suggested the substance may have therapeutic properties, such as easing anxiety and depression, but acknowledged there was a limited understanding of its effects in humans. Somebody should have told the photographer. This is no joke, it's a sad way to learn. I do want to know the thought process, though. Perhaps, if there was a little more education on the natural world, this could have been avoided. So you're telling me this toad survives the Sonoran Desert because it's poisonous. All the other animals leave it alone because it's poisonous. Based off of that, I suppose I had better give it a sniff. I don't understand, but 
I don't get a lot of things. Thanks a bunch for listening this week. I got a lot more to tell you about, including helicopters and wilderness next week. Let me know what's happening in your neck of the woods by writing in to askcal at themeateater.com. If you're loving what you're hearing, tell a friend, and I'll talk to you next week. Hey, I just sat down with the owners and operators of Maui Nui Venison. They're on a mission to balance access deer populations on Maui while giving back to the community and run a totally sustainable operation. For folks like me who want to get your own meat but aren't always successful, you can become a snack subscriber, get some access deer sticks sent right to your door. Visit MauiNuiVenison.com. That's M-A-U-I-N-U-I venison.com and use promo code cal for 20 percent off your first order hey everybody knows weber grills i've been using weber grills my whole life and check it out they got a pellet grill the weber searwood pellet grill now with a pellet grill you can smoke roast and sear on the same grill you can go from low and slow okay on smoke boost mode or crank this thing all the way to a heat sear at 600 degrees It's got a full great sear zone so you can put more food on the flame. Get fired up for your new Weber Searwood pellet grill.